Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. We've been going through this Isaiah 61 passage. This passage is deep, and it's full of heartache and uh, mourning and grief, but it also is filled with hope and assurance and confidence in who God is. And I love that. I love that about God's Word, is that where things are hopeless, He brings hope. And where things are chaotic, He brings order. And where things might seem like it, it, there's a lot of confusion, He brings peace. That's, that's our God. Where we lack, He has everything. He lacks nothing. And the promises of God are so amazing that when we're feeling those, that we're in those places, he doesn't continue to like hammer us and like harp on us and say like, get it together. He says, hey, like, can you trust me? Can you trust me that I can provide that need for you? Where you're feeling that sense of lack, where you're experiencing that, that repetitive sin in your life. Do you, do you believe that my grace is sufficient enough not only to fill you and, and cleanse you through forgiveness, but also to, um, to grace you enough to say, hey, man, like, you got it wrong this time. But I still love you. I still love you just as much yesterday or today as I did yesterday. And my love for you never fails. There's an amazing hope in the gospel and who Jesus is and what he came to do. And so all these markers of where we feel like we may fall short and where we struggle with our sin and where we struggle in our faith, like Jesus, he came to cover all of that. He came to cover all of that. Like, here's the truth, guys. Like, we can say we love Jesus all we want. We can, we can say that, that we've been forgiven and we've been washed by him, but the truth is, like, we're going to wrestle our whole life with sin. We're going to wrestle our whole life with temptation, and we are going to miss the mark time after time. But the good news is, is that no matter how many times we fall, God is always there to pick us up and to draw us close and to continue to be that father to say, hey, I was calling after you. You didn't hear me, and I know you're hurting, but don't run off somewhere else even farther from my grace. Like, return to me. Let's get this thing together. Let's get it right and I think sometimes our shame can say hide from God, but God's grace says hide in God. And so many of us want to hide from God in our sin and our temptation and our, you know, shortcomings and our struggles. We want to hide from God as if he doesn't know. Here's the thing. Every sin you will ever commit in your life has already been absolved on this cross. And so you do not have a sin that he is not aware of because he took it and he knew it about it before you even committed it. So you can't hide it. He's already familiar with your sin. It's, it's not like you're hiding something that he's already seen on the big screen. He saw it. He took it. He absorbed it. He absolved it. And he's just waiting for you to say, yeah, in, in despite of that, in spite of that, I'm going to trust you with it. You're going to take it. You already took it. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to lead out of the victory I have in you. Yeah, you know my innermost being, my innermost thought. You took it. You took it on. It's familiar to you, God. There's no more hiding. 
And guys, that is such a beautifully safe place because there's some things that, especially when I was a young person, I was wrestling with and struggling with, and I wanted nobody to know about it. Like, I didn't want to tell anybody. And there's such amazing safety in knowing that we have Jesus who already knew about it before you struggled with it. Who already knew that you were going to deal with it before it even became a reality to you. And so why not just go to the one who already knows, who already sees it, and says, I also had a plan to work with you through this. And I also had a people to come along beside you, to be me in those moments. Because if you have my spirit and you gather two or more in my name, I will be right there with you. So Jesus gives us that hope, that assurance, because he already knows God's a know-it-all. You you can't surprise God. (laughs) You never will. And there's nothing that you will ever go through that's going to shock him. He's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. The creator of the universe didn't see that coming. But I think what breaks the Lord's heart is when when you wrestle and you struggle and you deal with shame and guilt in secret as if he doesn't know. Because he's saying, I know, I see, and I just want you to give it to me. Like, let's, let's walk through this together. Don't hide from me. Let's be open with this thing. Let's be open in prayer. Let's open the scriptures. Let me speak to you. Let me love you. Let me teach you. Matter of fact, that's what Jesus says. Cast your burden on me. Anything that is weighing you down. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know what a yoke is? It's not the yellow thing in the middle of an egg. That's not what a yoke is. When Jesus says my yoke is easy, he's not talking about sunny side up eggs. Runny eggs, dippy eggs, as my wife would call them. Which I'm not a fan of myself. I don't cook my eggs. That's disgusting. A yoke is what they put over oxen. Um, It's a big wooden thing that they put at the front of a plow. And they put it over an oxen, and they can guide the ox to plow a straight field, a straight path. It's a yoke. And the yoke of the enemy is our sin. He wants to make us slaves to sin, and the enemy wants to direct our path. It's a heavy yoke, and it's a yoke of shame and guilt and isolation. It's it's giving you a depressed spirit and a depressed soul to weigh you down, to keep you ineffective in your life, to keep you in bondage. And Jesus is saying, hey, look, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Drop that heavy yoke at my feet, that thing that's weighing you down. Let me teach you. Let me guide you for I'm humble in spirit. Cast your burdens on me. So we take up the yoke of Jesus, not to continue to be weighed down, but to be free. His burden is easy. His yoke is light. In this Isaiah 61 passage, it says that you will be called an oak of righteousness for the display of his splendor. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting for the Lord for the display of his splendor. I love what this says because this is a hope for the Israelites and the people of God 
even us in this room who have chosen to follow him, take up his yoke. This is, this is a prophecy for his people. They will be called oaks of righteousness. So the ones who were once mourning, the ones who were once identified by the ash heap that they were sitting on, the ones who were in a place of darkness, who were prisoners and captives now because of what Jesus has done they will be called oaks of righteousness where once they were in a place of ash they are now called mighty oaks oaks are hardwood tall big strong trees and they burn slow that's why people love to put them in the fireplace they're dense they're heavy they're strong people say man he's stronger than oak And Jesus is saying, this is who you are because of what I've done and who I am. You are an oak of righteousness. You were intended to be a strong oak, firmly planted in my love since the beginning of time. But somehow, someway, because of sin, you allowed the enemy to reduce the mighty oak to ash. Because oak burns. Somehow, someway, when you were supposed to be strong and producing fruit and thriving, when sin entered into this world, you said the being planted in God's love is not good enough. It's not sufficient enough. So I'm going to reach for other things. And then it became a toxic situation. And we began to give ourselves the death. We started being reduced to ash. Jesus said, this was my intention for you. And so I came back to redeem it. And what's amazing about our God is that when the enemy intends to reduce the, ash, the oak into ash, Jesus intends to restore the oak from the ash. The enemy reduces oaks to ash. Jesus grows oaks from the ash. We rise. Beauty from ashes, firmly planted in the victory and love that we have in Jesus. Nourished and sustained by his Holy Spirit that is with us. We're not in this alone. We gave ourselves to following Jesus and now his spirit lives in us. The same spirit, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And so now we're restored and we're called mighty oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. The display of his splendor. That we were a people who rose because we knew and know who our God is. And that we decided, made the decision to lay our sin at his feet. To repent of what was keeping us in the place of ash. And to allow him to fill us that we might rise to be an oak of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Splendor means glory. That God desires for you, young people, To live for his glory. To be a witness of how amazing he is. And that's why God uses our testimony to overcome evil. It says they overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, Jesus on the cross, and by the word of their testimony. 
It works to his glory. It points people to him. And when we know that we were intended to be oaks of righteousness and that's how we will choose to live, well, then that is a marker and a witness for his glory. It is a witness to his glory. An oak of righteousness. So it's a life to point to his glory. And the way that we point to his glory through righteousness is probably, I'm just guessing, I'm probably right, is to take up the significant qualities of who Jesus was in this passage, Isaiah 61. That he will comfort the mourning. That he will encourage the brokenhearted. That he will bring good news to the poor. That he will speak freedom to the captives of darkness. That is the, the marker of Jesus in his ministry. That is how he reassured John who was in prison that he was the one to come. That he was who John says, said he was. He was doing these things. Jesus was comforting the morning. Not for his own fame, but for the glory of God. Comfort to the morning. Coming close. Encouragement to the brokenhearted. Good news to the poor. And this text right here, actually it comes from the Hebrew. It meant poor in spirit. The downtrodden, the meek, good news to the poor, and freedom to the captives of darkness. An oak of righteousness comes alongside and points people who are in tough places, difficult places, who don't know Jesus, whose destiny is marked out for them and is leading toward ash, the oak of righteousness shows them what a life in Christ looks like. And it's full of comfort, encouragement, good news, and freedom. I mean, those are all beautiful things. Those are, if, if I look at my life and, and I want to see some markers working through my life to encourage others who are in tough places, places that I may even struggle with now, and especially places that I came out of. If I want to live my life, even as a young person, I want my life to be marked as someone who brings comfort, encouragement, good news, and freedom. And I don't know if that's true for you, but if it is, you're going to live an amazing life. You are going to live as an oak of righteousness planted firmly for the display of God's splendor. And guess what? You're going to impact some lives. And people are going to follow Jesus because of your witness. You weren't common. You were an oak of righteousness for the display of his splendor. And because of your relationship with God and the fuel of the spirit that's in you, you will bring comfort, encouragement, good news, and freedom. The marker of your life. And Jesus did this very thing with teenagers as he walked by a sea and called out some teenage fishermen to come turn the world upside down that was wrapped in darkness and wrapped in destruction and wrapped in perversion and wrapped in chaos and wrapped in confusion. And he said, hey, let's go be some oaks. Let, let's show them what heaven looks like when it touches earth. 
Because when heaven touches earth through you, it brings comfort, encouragement, good news, and freedom. That's what oaks do. And guess what, teenagers? Because there were some teenagers that came off a boat 2,000 years ago, we're here in this room being delivered from darkness and mourning and grief and sin. And we're able to look at Jesus on the cross and say, yeah, he did it. He rose for me that I might rise from the ash. Because of kids. Kids like you. So why not you? Why can't you? What really is holding you back? Are you facing a sword, threatening to chop your head off like John was in prison? No, you're not facing a sword. You might be facing some risk to your reputation, but that's about it. And in light of your crown, and in light of the splendor of God, and the freedom he's given you, I'd say that's a pretty, that's a pretty good risk. I would say that reward outweighs the risk. Oaks of righteousness are strong in love, strong in truth, strong in grace, strong in comfort, strong in encouragement, strong in good news, and strong in freedom because they're strong in Christ. They have nothing to fear. So don't allow your fear, your lack of faith, to begin to dissolve you toward the ash. <laughs> when Jesus is saying, I build you up like an oak. An oak of righteousness for the display of my splendor. This is what Matthew 5.14 says. You are the light of the world. You. Jesus says you. You're the light, teenagers. Students, high school students, middle school students, sons and daughters, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Have you ever seen a town or some houses on a hilltop that, with their lights on in the middle of the night? You can't miss it. It can't be hidden. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But they put it on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house, saying, hey, look, you walk into the house, you light up the room. You walk into your home, you light up the home. You walk into a school, you light up the school. When you walk into your sports team, you light up the sports team. You light it up because you are the light of the world. It cannot be hidden. You have the light, let it shine for all. So they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When we shine light, it sets the captives free. You are an oak of righteousness because of your faith in Jesus. And so when we leave this amazing winter meltdown retreat where we've been together and we've been acquainted with our hurt and our shame and our sin. And we've said, hey, I'm laying it down. I'm laying the ashes down. I'm taking up the crown. We have that responsibility to go and share. And maybe not just with our words, but with the way that we live, the way that we come alongside. There's something different about us. 
We go back and we say, man, this touched my heart. I'm going to choose to live differently. I'm going to bring some hope where there's destruction. I'm going to bring comfort where there's mourning. I'm going to bring freedom where there's chains and captivity. Because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is in me. And so I'm going to go. I can't keep this light to myself. I'm going to share it. I got to share it. And if this weekend impacted you, tell somebody about it. Text somebody, hey, I had this amazing weekend. I would love to just share with you what I experienced. It, it's changed my life. If it's your mom, it's your dad, it's a friend, who, whoever. I, I, I want to I share with you how this impacted me. And tell them your story. Give them your testimony. Talk about it. And if it's not your words, it's by the way that you choose to live. It points to God. It points to Jesus. When we serve our household, we serve our families. Like, we all can do that. There's a lot of us who have parents in here, and, you, and, and here's the thing. You know what's so cool? I'm a parent. When my son or daughter, and they're only six and four, but when they go out of the way to, like, do something, like, my daughter loves wiping the countertops. Like, she's cleaning it, and she's like, look, Daddy, I'm, like, cleaning the countertop. I'm like... That's amazing. Like, I love that so much. But, like, guys, we can do that. We can encourage our households and those who are loving us just by serving our households, taking out the trash and being cool about it. Like, it's not a big deal. Taking the dog out, not because mom or dad asked you, but because I'm serving my household. I'm, I'm, I'm an oak of righteousness. I want to point my service to you the way that I'm loving in this place. I'm gonna point, I want to point that to God's glory. I choose to live differently. I choose to love differently. You can take it into your school for your teachers. A display of the Lord's splendor just by the way you honor your teachers. Just helping them make their job a little bit easier. A display of his splendor. And you can honor God by telling somebody about it. Ken, coming along somebody. Put an arm on somebody. Somebody sitting alone at lunchtime, go sit with them. We were not meant to be alone. Comfort comes close. The first crisis that God addressed in human history was not when we ate the apple. It's when God said it is not good for man to be alone. That was the first crisis in human history. It is not good for man to be alone. Man, I'm not alone. God, you're right here. Well, we, yeah, but there's something, there's something else that's necessary, that's needed. Yeah, I'm here, but it's not good for you to be alone. It's not good for you to be alone. And Jesus came close. He's come close to you, and now he's expecting you to come close to others. It's the first crisis in human history when God said something wasn't good. We're meant to be with one another. And before we enter into worship, because we have six minutes left, um, that was weird. <laughs> I would love to hear from you how this uh, weekend has impacted you among your peers. I would love to just give you a chance to say, my main takeaway from this weekend would be blank. And so I want to give you an opportunity to do that, to be bold in this room, just to share how this weekend's impacted you because if you can't do it in this place there's no chance you're going to do it out there 
if it can't happen in this safe place, there's no chance it's going to happen out here. There's none. So if anybody wants to share a short sentence, this weekend impacted my life because blank. Or my main takeaway from this weekend is blank. Main takeaway from this weekend would be blank. You can share it. And you, all you got to do is raise your hand, and I'll give you the mic. I'll hold the mic. Some of y'all hold it too long. All right. Stand up, say your name, and your main takeaway from this weekend. My, I'm holding it. Okay. <laughs> my name is Shadera, and my main takeaway from this weekend is that through your ashes, you can be beautiful. Amen. Through your ashes, you can be beautiful. Main takeaway. Anybody else? It's your name and your main takeaway this weekend. My name is Claire, and my na- main takeaway is that no matter what you do, God still loves you, and he sees the beauty through your ashes, and he forgives everybody because it's his creation, and if he doesn't forgive, then he's going to be lonely in heaven. Amen. He wants you with him. Wow. Main takeaway this weekend name main takeaway my name is emma my main takeaway was that it's okay to love myself because jesus loves me and sees past all the bad that i've done and loves me for who i am amen loves you for who you are (laughs) amen amen anybody else you need a hand up (laughs) name and main takeaway uh, my name is Sam, and my main takeaway is that this is real. This is real. Is that it? Anything else? Okay, got it. This is real. High five. That was real. Come on, Mighty Oaks. Where you at? Your grove of oaks in this place. A grove. Where you at? All right. I'm going to pass this mic down to you, all right? Riley and my main takeaway is that none of us are alone no matter how alone we feel we all have each other and we all have Jesus amen amen Riley amen anybody else worth the risk in the end. Anybody else? Where are my gentlemen at? Come on, my young men of God. Got one right here. Is that Zach? Zachary. Doesn't matter how you look or um, what people think about you, Jesus still loves you. Amen, Zach. Amen. It's okay to give everything to God and have him deal with it and help you through it. A couple more. 
main takeaway, Sam. Sam, um, my main takeaway is just that to provide comfort to someone, you should be there for them and um, that show that you love them by um, taking time to come to them and be there for them. As comfort comes close. Amen. Anybody else? Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I just thank you and I praise you, Lord, um, for prayers answered, both said and unsaid. They overcame the enemy by the sacrifice you made on that cross and by the word of their testimony. Father, I just believe that through these testimonies, the enemy's just taking hits, and he hates that. But oaks of righteousness stand in the truth of Jesus, and they have nothing to fear because they are a display of God's splendor. And if God takes care of the flowers and the lilies in the field, how much more will he take care of the oaks? The church does not sell the youth short or count them out. Because they're bold and they take risks and they're loud and they're full of energy see one another and they're waiting to comfort and encourage and bring the good news and bring freedom for your name's sake because these are the people that God used use us Lord continue to work in us continue to bring us close continue to send us out in Jesus name amen We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.